Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. So I like to start with this question for all the coaches that come on to the show. And, and I know you had an interesting route, too. And the question is, when did you realize that you wanted to get into coaching? Because I know, you know, we share something in common. We both spent some time over at ESPN uh, during our time. But I, I, I know you started there before getting into coaching. So you know, when did you realize that that was what you wanted to get into? Um, so I think I knew like sort of when I was in college, you know, but I kind of, I ran from it a little bit, you know, it was like one of those things. It's like, I've always done basketball. I want to do something else. And inevitably I found myself right back at basketball. Um, you know, so the ESPN experience was incredible as you know, like it's all, you know, the young people, like it was, everybody was just like, you know, newly out of college or whatever, just, you know, hanging, whatever, and working crazy hours, 5 PM to 2 AM, 7 PM to 4 AM. Like what were we thinking? Right. And you don't think about that when you get into it because, um, like that's when sports happen, you know, you just watch the sports. You don't think about the people who are covering them. (laughs) Um, and so over my time there, though, the 10 months I was like, I started to really kind of step back and like, I'm not really impacting anyone's life. And that was always been something that whether I consciously or unconsciously realized like was really important to me. Um, and so, um, that's, I think when I really started to make the shift, like, I, I think I want to get into coaching. I know that I had said I didn't want to do it, but I, I think that's where I want to go. So, so I know you'd been a, an assistant for a bit before you got a, approached for the UConn job. I'm curious, how did that all come about? I, I know UConn assistants, a lot of times it's former UConn players stepping into roles mm-hmm. there. You know, what was it like for you to, to take on that role and how did you first, you know, connect with Gino there? Yeah. So I actually had works camp there, um, when I was in college. So when I was at BU, um, they had summer camps, um, like four week camps that were overnight. And so my, we didn't have a ton of summer basketball in Springfield for women. And so my coach suggested that I go and work their camp. So that was really kind of my first kind of intro to UConn and the program, um, on a more kind of intimate level. And then, um, but I was just 18, you know, 18 and 19 that, at the, those summers. And then um, I made friends with some of the, the players at that time. And then Morgan Valley uh, and I um, actually grew up playing against each other in AAU. So we always had, had been friendly. Um, so then when the job opened, um, I always tell my players this kind of as a, um, you know, cautionary, but a positive cautionary thing is like, you never know who's watching you. And, you know, at 18, I you know, tried to work hard and do what I was supposed to do, show up on time, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and at 28, it, it yielded because, uh, both, uh, Coach Rama's daughter, Jenna and Morgan were like, dad, you got to hire Marissa. She'd be great. Um, and that was based off of, you know, camp from his daughter. Cause I didn't really know Jenna, um, at the time besides my camp interaction with her. And then Morgan was just from when we were younger. And, um, so that was like, wow, this is really cool. And kind of markedly changed the trajectory of my life. Yeah. What's it like when you, when you go to meet him for the first time and what's that conversation like? Um, you know, super intimidating as you can imagine. I mean, he's, you know, legend and, um, he's not an intimidating person, but it's just the aura of what he is was intimidating. Um, but he did a really great job of kind of disarming, 
um, that and just being really down to earth. And, um, you know, I was, I was nervous, but I was also really excited about the opportunity. Um, and, um, and, you know, we just kind of talked and it was really, it was great. Like I felt he made me feel comfortable and we have a, we have similar senses of humor. So then we were able to kind of joke a little bit. So it was good. I, I, in testing my memory a little bit here, since you, when during your time at UConn, you were at so many Final Fours, so many championships. But your first year, I'm pretty sure you guys won the title that year. Is that right? That is correct. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so, so what's that like? I mean, it's your first year at UConn, and you've already got a title under your belt by the by the time your first season's done. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Obviously, I had walked into an extremely well-oiled machine. Um, that team with those five seniors that were there. Um, you know, and, and we had only one freshman, Kelly Ferris and I came in together. That was both our first year. Um, and she was an integral part of that final four run and, um, she didn't score one point, but she still like impacted, you know, the game in so many ways. And, um, you know, obviously Maya and Tina being kind of the cornerstone of what we were doing, but, um, it was, it was my scout for the championship game. We were playing Stanford and the score was 20 to 12 at half and we had 12 and I was panicked. Like, Oh my God, I'm going to be the reason that we don't win this championship. And, you know, um, but you know, we just, there was a lid on the basket. We just couldn't get anything going, but fortunately our defense was good that it was still just an eight point game. And then in the second half um, came out, Maya erupted and Tina, you know, went to work and we, we were able to win the game. And um, that was just, it was incredible. I mean, I remember jumping up and down, I was holding, Coach Emma, like, <laughs> I had heels on. I was like, no, it just it was just like one of the most incredible moments. And you know, you just it's something you'll never forget the first time you do something, you know. And so that was just really, really special and memorable. I know you mentioned they're kind of walking into a, a finely oiled machine. There, coming in from the outside, what is it like to join that culture and be a part of it? You know, in, in you're not there necessarily, you know, when Gino and, and Chris were there starting and building it from the ground up, but you're entering it kind of as it's picked up. What's it like coming in from the outside and joining that type of culture and organization there? Yeah, I think, um, you know, a big part of it is trying to make sure that you can fit into what's already happening. Um, and at the same time, try to carve out your own niche as to, you know, what can I add to this already really incredible thing, right? Because I think there's some... Uh, a lot of times there's a lot of value in, um, you know, an outside perspective, right? They coach, coach and CD had been together for so long and um, there are things they did incredibly well together. But when you bring someone in from the outside, you're also looking for them to like potentially add something to just enhance what you're already doing. So it wasn't really about changing anything. It was just like, what can I bring to try to enhance what we already do well? I know we talked about that first title run that you were part of. You're part of a, a few others, uh, and again, a, a number of Final Fours there. Is there a run that sticks out to you, in, in your opinion, as kind of the most memorable one during your time there? Um, probably, I would say, um, the New Orleans one, I think, uh, 2013, um, because we had lost to Notre Dame so many times in that year. Um and so that was just like, it was, it was huge. That was just a, and, and it was, you know, we, it started, you know, we were 2013, 2014, 2015. So it was the beginning of like this incredible run. And, um, you know, without that, you don't have those other ones and an opportunity to go four in a row and all that, that, you know, it's Dewey and, um, and that group was a part of, but we, I remember the one we celebrated in New Orleans, it was just, it was, that was one of the most fun, just runs, celebration, everything. Cause we really, it felt like we put 
everything we had into it, you know, and so that was really cool. When the opportunity comes for you to, to go back to your alma mater and coach at BU, was it a tough decision to leave UConn or was getting to, you know, run your own team as a head coach there at BU something that, that really appealed to you? Oh my gosh, it was an incredibly difficult decision. I mean, I, UConn was my family at that point, you know, I'd been there nine years and, um, you know, really close with the staff, loved my players, um, you know, the alum, everything. And, um, and we were, you know, continuing to build something really special year in and year out. Um, and you knew, like, I knew what my job was. I knew what I was good at. I knew the expectations. And then, you know, you become a head coach and it's like, all of that stuff changes, <laughs> um, you know, and it's like, uh, you start to have imposter syndrome. You're like, do I really even know what I'm doing? Am I even really good at this? Um, you know, and, and you're like, you're meeting a whole new team and you're trying to like build trust and relationships. And, um, and at the same time, the opportunity to go back to my alma mater and, you know, try to do something special and really be able to bring um, what I felt like was um, prominence back to a program that was really capable of doing it. That was exciting. And that was kind of enticing. And and again, I didn't look to, I didn't interview anywhere else. Um, I'd never interviewed for a head job before BU. So I was really happy with where I was at and I still felt challenged. Um, but this was a different kind of challenge and a, an opportunity that felt like the timing was right. You, you talk about, you know, kind of moving over and, and becoming the head coach and some of the challenges there. What would you say was the biggest challenge uh, from your perspective in, in moving a couple seats down the bench and becoming a head coach versus being an assistant? Um, so I think the biggest challenge really is that everything comes to you, right? Like before you were the one who was, who were bringing like suggestions or questions or whatever to your head coach. And you never realized how much they were actually um, kind of uh, sifting through every day and having to kind of, yes, no, yes, okay, this is what I want. I don't like this. Blah, blah, blah. You just knew you had your role and you had your stuff you needed answers to. So you went to him to find those out. And, um, and then when it came to you, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't, and I don't want to know. You know what I mean? You just don't feel like having those conversations every day, but you realize that's part of it. And then the other part too is just the really, it's more about the management of people, whether you're managing your players or you're managing your staff, like just being a really good manager. And I had to um, continue to grow into that. I, I mean, I feel like that's something I do well because I'm big on communication and relationship based, but it's still, it's a lot, you know, because you're dealing with so many different people's needs, emotions, then you add COVID into it and it's a whole nother, you know, ball of wax. Yeah, and I think that's a great segue because I was just going to say, I feel like the past couple of years have been tough for really established coaches who have been doing this for a while. What's it like, you know, in your first job as a head coach having to deal with all the impacts of COVID and, and the way it's changed the, you know, kind of college basketball for the past year and a half or so? Yeah, I mean, I think it just it made you um, have to really... Um, be incredibly adaptable and and be ready to pivot um, several times, even within one day. Um, you you really had to, I think, tap into your kind of nurturing skills with your kids to try to make sure that they um, were supported. Because my kids at BU, we didn't see they didn't see their parents. I didn't see my parents or family from um, you know Thanksgiving all the way until April. Um, and so it's everything was via Zoom. So we really are their parents and the extension of their family. And, you know, there's so much fear and anxiety that was attached to it and, you know, and so many unknowns. And so you're trying to manage 
their stresses and, and their, you know, fear about that, their anxieties, you're trying to manage your own, your staffs. I mean, there's just a lot of things that you're doing that have nothing to do with basketball. And we didn't play an on-conference schedule, which I think at the end helped a little bit um, as far as kind of not having the start and stop and start and stops. But at the same time, um, you're going from September all the way through till January before you have a game. So how do you do that? You know, so it's just a lot of those things. Um, And then um, besides that, it was, I think the biggest thing was, you know, just making sure our kids stayed healthy. And I was really proud that, you know, I, I think it was, some of it was just a blessing that God was looking out for us, but we didn't have one kid or one staff member get COVID the whole time. And so, um, you know, for them to be able to kind of tell their parents when they drop them off initially before we ever knew what COVID is, that we're going to do everything in our power to keep your kids healthy and safe. And then to be able to kind of see that through, I felt really good about that. Yeah, absolutely. So season comes to an end. And first off, congratulations on the new role here at Wisconsin. Thank you. What got you interested and appealed to you about, about making that move to become the head coach there? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, initially it's just like we're, you know, I was like, okay, Wisconsin, interesting. It wasn't like I was really like, ah, I, I got to go after this. Um, but when I was contacted, I then I started doing some research and started talking with the people and that really started to pique my interest even more, like, you know, the coach, uh, excuse me, the, the culture that was, um, created here by coach Alvarez, um, who just, uh, recently, uh, retired, but like, you know, what he was able to create here over the last 30 plus years. And then, um, the administration now and talking with some of the other coaches through the interview process, um, that are currently here, it just really started to feel like, you know, I could see myself here and, and, you know, I, I told them if I'm going to leave a place like BU, that's, it has such a um, special place in my heart and I, and we're doing well, and we're building something there. It's got to be for a place that I feel like we can, we can compete for a national championship. And I feel like we have all the things um, in place here to be able to do that. Definitely. In this new role here, um, I'm curious just to get some of your thoughts on women's college basketball in general. I think what you guys were able to do at UConn was remarkable in terms of the runs. You know, you talk about the titles in a row there. I think we've seen, you know, with, with UConn, especially of late, not necessarily winning every every title here, how, how much more parity is there in the game from, from maybe when you started? Because it seems like the competition has really elevated itself to where there are more teams in the picture here um, and, and teams really stepping up and being able to, to rise to the top. Yeah, I think that there's been a ton of uh, parody, which is I think has been great. I mean, this last NCAA tournament, probably the last two years, have been so fun to watch on the women's side. Um, you know, players are really talented. Um, you know, the, the level of play across the board has just increased. I mean, even the Big Ten, uh, I think there's seven teams that got in um, to the tournament this year. So that part is really, um, you know, really exciting. And I think that it's, you know, there's, there's a kind of a natural turning over of like those longtime coaches who have, you know, been, um, at the helm of these big programs for several years. And so I think that that's also, um, starting to change kind of where recruits go. And then there's some kids who have more of like an affinity for a hometown university, or they want to start something and be part of something that hasn't, um, been as, as successful, but want to be a part of that. 
that. And so I think it's all, that's all contributed. And then at the same time, I think it's also, um, you know, just the, the skill level and the, the ability has also increased. And there's even more really good players who are playing at other places. Definitely. And I think you could see all of that there. I know uh, Gino has played some of his assistants before. Would you would you be okay uh, scheduling UConn in a matchup there? Uh, what would that feel like from from your end to go up against him? Oh yeah, I would love to. Just that he's got to give me a few years. <laughs> <laughs> but then yes, I would love to play them. What's what would you say has been the biggest tip that you've taken away from him that you've been able to apply to your own coaching style, especially now as a head coach? Um, I would say just like you know, being extremely authentic and true to who you are, um, you know, because that encompasses so many things, whether it's, you know, your work ethic, um, your values, um, you know, being, um, you know, loyal, but also being, you know, hard on your kids, but you're hard on them because you love them so much and you want the best out of them. Um, and, you know, and making sure that they understand that this is uh, bigger than basketball, right. That these relationships are for a lifetime and that you will do everything in your power to help them uh, along the way. And, and I, I made sure my kids at the U knew that um, my kids at UConn know that um, Denver, Minnesota, you know, this to me, it's not like, Oh, I coach you. And then we move on. It's like, if I can ever help you in any way, you, you can contact me. I'm going to do everything I can. And I think that's what this is about even more than just wins and losses. I, I want to get your thoughts. And, I, and again, I'm, I'm not sure how much, you've gotten to watch this year, you know, being a head coach and having your own team and responsibilities. But obviously one of the big storylines in women's college basketball this year was Paige Beckers at UConn. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on her? I mean, you've been around some of the best in the game during your time at UConn, whether it was Maya, you know, uh, Stewie, the list can go on and on. But what were your thoughts on her being able to come in and perform at the level she was uh, as a freshman this year? Yeah, I mean, I love Paige. You know, she and I were really close during recruiting and um, have still stayed in contact. So I'm, I'm like extremely proud of, of what she um, accomplished, but really also the, how she how she managed it. I mean, as a freshman, the, the pressure and the expectation that was on her shoulders throughout the whole year, I thought she really handled it with a lot of grace. Um but I, I just think she's um, she's so special because, um, you know, she can make shots. She can, you know, with Stewie and Maya, they, you know, they weren't uh, point guards. You know, they didn't have the ball in their hands as much as she did. Like, they still had to get the ball from somebody else. So um, I think, you know, something that like her, like Diana, was, you know, so great at making the people around them better too, right? So she elevated yeah. people around her as well. And I think Stewie and Maya did that just in different ways. Um, but, you know, Paige as a freshman to kind of get all the accolades that she received, but for the what she actually did on the court was so impressive. I know you said you were uh, close with her through the recruitment process. And I know sometimes you see some of these high school players in the expectations are pretty high on them coming in into them. When you saw her at, while you were out there recruiting, did you think she'd be this good this soon? I mean, I remember I saw her, the first time I ever saw her was in eighth grade and she threw like a three quarter court bounce pass. Um, and I was like, 
I couldn't, I was obsessed with that. Right after that moment, they used yeah. to always make fun of me. They'd be like, oh, your girl Paige. I'm like, she's so good. I love her. I love watching her. So, I mean, I, you know, nothing ceases to amaze me with her, but, um, you know, the, what she was able to do and sustain throughout the year is pretty impressive because, you know, even some of the best have moments just that are as freshmen, you know? And so I think it, it was really cool to see what she did. Definitely. And I've got to ask you, you're bringing a, another Husky with you to Wisconsin in Caroline Doty. Uh, yeah. What, what did you see in her to, to bring her and add her to your staff here at Wisconsin? Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously I had Caroline early on in my career at UConn. We've always stayed in touch and, um, you know, I just, I really love that she went and worked for Nike and did the corporate world thing, but I know that her love and passion has always been for the game. Um, I think she has, a, you know, a magnetic personality. So I know recruits will be drawn to her. Um, her knowledge of the game um, is, is really deep and, um, and I think she'll be a great teacher. Um, but I also love that she understands how, you know, we did things at Connecticut, right? That she lived that as a player and a lot of the um, cultures stuff that I had brought along with me from Boston and now here to Wisconsin, um, you know, was rooted and, and kind of born, um, there at, uh, at UConn. And so, um, you know, and even some of the offensive stuff, a lot of the offensive stuff, quite frankly, that we run, um, I took a lot of that stuff from there as well. And so, um, I thought she'd just be a great fit. And, you know, when you're putting the staff together for me, the biggest things uh, first is loyalty and, and that, you know, that you can trust the people. And the second thing is that I want winners and she's absolutely that. Awesome. Well, Marissa, really appreciate the time. I think now that we've got Shay at Vanderbilt, we got Morgan at Hartford here, you at Wisconsin. I think we got to have some uh, some nice UConn uh, on UConn former uh, assistants uh, going head to head. I think in some matchups coming up. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to play Shay too. <laughs> <laughs> they'll probably be they'll probably be seeing us running the same stuff against each other. <laughs> awesome. Well. Well, thank you so much for, for making the time. I really yeah, appreciate absolutely. it. Thanks so much for coming on and uh, good luck in your first year, Wisconsin. All right. Take care, Jared. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.